from Alpha Omega London, maker of shoes, creator of waves in the fashion industry. We started this podcast series to tackle head-on the current issues that matter in society and to get honest views from the mouths that matter. In this series of Sustainability of Fashion, we'll be exploring fashion's precarious relationship with sustainability and its attempts to address growing concerns surrounding its non-conservational approaches to society and environment. Thank you all for tuning in to a third episode in our sustainability series. Joining us today, we have Nazina, Kate, Samia, Apranji, and myself, Ashwini. This episode will focus on a consumer's responsibility with regards to sustainability and what the challenges faced are by those who want to shop ethically. Do you guys think there's been a change in consumer behavior towards sustainability? I think recently there has there's you know raising awareness and things like yeah. that consumers are also a little bit overwhelmed i think in terms of fashion by all the fast fashion the trend cycle has just gone nuts yeah so get you know it's got a bit too much so there's a bit more of an interest in slow fashion movement um investment dressing all those mm. little buzzwords yeah. that mm-hmm. kind of are, are trying to stem the, the tide that yeah we need to change yeah 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 so i think that's i think you are starting to see like a bit more of that but generally i think the whole mass consumption thing you know we're we've all been raised on a diet of mass consumption is kind of what we're designed to do i suppose humans naturally have always wanted to acquire things Mm -hmm. objects it's like a you know for status or or whatever that is uh, we you know we're natural little magpies we yeah. want to pick things up and own them <laughs> and what the mass market has done is kind of fed that natural exacerbated mm-hmm. it yeah yeah, yeah. and and, and made it sort of meaning yeah. for us used it against yeah. us yeah. in yeah. a way because they've just sold us a lot of we don't need yeah yeah um at a cheap price and and we we buy it yeah right? we properly go in for that wholesale yeah. so um yeah it's i think it's kind of like a lot of things is using a natural behavior and making a lot of money out of it so i think ultimately that is that is going to be if you're going for the sustainability you're like looking at raising prices in order to counteract yeah. that to make yeah. the industry more uh, like ethical overall yeah do you you know, not the industry's got to break that habit, but the consumer's got to break that habit. Yeah. That's Do you know what? I've I've always been really um, I've always been really intrigued by the whole sort of um, the whole sort of um, behaviour of buying on the on the mass scale, because um, you know when you look at I guess the, the the sort of stages after the the credit crisis where you had retailers like Primark um, sort of selling things like selling items are like a, a penny each um, and people just going absolutely nuts um, it kind of it really resonated you know with me and it made me sort of really take a step back and think wow this is a real statement towards excess it's a real statement towards mm-hmm. waste but on such a an acceptably wide scale and even when you think about it, actually, because we apparently, you know, well, not apparently, but, you know, clothes are sort of defined as a, a basic human need. 
So everyone, in fact, partakes in, you know, the sort of act of of acquiring or, or wearing clothes. Um, but it's it's seen more symbolically. It's seen more as, you know, wearing something new is almost like a purification. You're purified mm-hmm. if you wear something new. You're dirty if you wear something old. There's always those celebrities who go, oh, I just, you know, I get one one T-shirt every, I get a new T-shirt every day, a new <laughs> pair of pants, a new pair of socks. And it's, yeah. And I don't repeat my clothes. I, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. I throw them in the bin, bin. And it's like, yeah. yeah, that's not actually, that's not something to be proud of. It's yeah, it's not at all. Yeah, it reflects it. a lot on your character. Like, yeah. what are you, like, on your ethics as well, like, you're participating in throwaway culture, like, yeah. Shows like you know actually of, like a linear chain of just literally picking it up and the amount of time and effort and energy and everything that goes into manufacturing something and then suddenly you use it's it going, once and yeah. like really the life of it the the soul the purpose of it lasts like five hours and then after that it's it's back mm. in like a landfill or something it's, well that's that's the negative effect of fast fashion that's exactly what it does it takes away your um your connection with the true value the mm. true intrinsic value of that item that you've just purchased mm. you know the, the the many people that have been abused to create it under horrible conditions the transportation process just everything that whole supply chain that whole life cycle has just been wasted um you know i, I again to add to that i've got i know people that actually can't be bothered to wash their clothes <laughs> And they just buy buy new ones. You know people. Uh, that... I know people who do that. I don't think it's that extreme though. I I don't think like we're all we throw away clothes all the time. I think um, all I all I don't know. I live have... in an area where I literally see piles of clothing mm-hmm. just everywhere. It's becoming like the new. I think like, if you rubbish, maybe if you totted it up, if you kept a record of like how often. You bin something or decide to replace something that maybe was okay. Mm. But are they going to charity shops before that as well? Some of them, I I mean, if I was to be really investigative, then I'll be sort of looking at the pile of clothing that's been chucked away and you'll never see an Armani suit or a Chanel suit Mm -hmm. in that pile. What do you see? You see Primark, you see Henny's, Mm -hmm. you you see something that's identifiably a trend-driven item that is no longer desired. Exactly. I think it does very much come down to design because like me, for instance, when I buy just a regular T-shirt from a high street brand, like... (laughs) It's not of as much value to me. I wear it a couple of times and then eventually I think, oh, maybe it's it's not that nice anymore. And then yeah. I find I find faults with it. I think, oh, it's kind of loose here, actually. I, yeah, I it's got a bit bubbly. I'll yeah. chuck that. Yeah, I'll chuck that. Whereas, like, if I actually buy something that's more expensive, that's, like, a nice design. Like, I know I had this dress when I was little and it was such a pretty dress, such a nice design, such a unique design. And mm. um, it was quite expensive, but I loved it. And I, I fought for my parents to buy it for me. And I literally wore it. I started wearing it when I was like four and I wore it until I was like 10. It was so tight for me. It was so small, but I didn't want to throw it away. And the number of times I used that, like that that should be the case yeah. with every piece of clothing, right? Yeah, pounds per so, wear. You uh, work yeah, on it like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, if you paid yeah. 14.99 yeah. for it, you need to wear it at least 15 mm-hmm. times uh-huh. for it to... Really <laughs> yeah. So maybe oh, it's that. the value to the person yeah. um, rather than the value of the brand. Yeah. 
for places like Primark and things like that, people mm. don't actually give value to the clothes. They just buy it because it's cheap. Right. Yeah. And that's the issue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. that. Yeah. And that gives it more chance of it being thrown away. Maybe yeah. we do need to change our mindset as a, I don't know, as a society about rather than having loads of clothes and feeling proud of that, having a small selection of great clothes that you you wear often that you and not being afraid to like show up to work in you know the same outfit like on monday and on friday wearing the same top like yeah that's right now that's considered like oh my god why is she wearing the same thing again but i mean really that social pressure is absolutely ridiculous because it makes absolutely no difference what you you know unless Uh you work in a job that requires it for your own personal health and safety it really doesn't matter what what you've got (laughs) on so what are what are some challenges you guys face while trying to shop ethically i think it's the same thing that you find across like a lot of ethical sustainable brands Mm -hmm. the same thing as when you go into a supermarket Mm. and you try and buy tea yes the, the tea is um, fair trade mm. or the tea is helping Help. rainforest right. or the tea is doing something else that's really great. But I can't have all of those things in one in tea. One. Yeah. So then I have to stand there and choose which which, which one I'm going to do. And it's like now I feel now I feel terrible for yeah. the other two yeah. teas that I didn't pick. <laughs> um, invariably, I go with the with the, the things like that. I, I tend to go for the fair trade option. Yeah. I see a lot less... The, the fair trade thing happening in fashion. It, it's very true. Mm. It's very, I don't see very that pu- plugged quite yeah. as much. Maybe it seems the to manufacturer be... is expensive, like paying the people. Yeah, they actually, actually fair trade is probably, good. maybe that, maybe that's one of the hardest well, things yeah. that they're going to face. Yeah. Because, because, because the money is passed down to the consumer. Consumers don't want to pay more. No, yeah. they mm-hmm. don't. But perhaps also consumers are somehow almost more connected with yeah. certain aspects of sustainability than yeah. others yeah. and it usually seems that it's not the ones that associate with other people yeah yeah frogs whales whatever that's fine we'll rescue all of them <laughs> but if it's other people it's like oh not the yeah no it's, it's true human bondage don't really care yeah <laughs> I, I i do think it's probably but you don't you don't see that touted <laughs> it's not that it's not there by any stretch of the imagination there's loads of designers who are doing all sorts of yeah. like great things getting involved in all sorts of projects yeah um there are there are all sorts of brands who are doing it but mm. they're not always the most they're not the biggest yeah yeah they're not the most easy to find a lot mm. of them you know i know there's like people out there doing loads of amazing stuff harnessing all the tech yeah um doing fair trade you know and and mm-hmm getting into all these projects mm. and really going through all of their supply chain. But I know about them because I work in the industry. That's right. And I bump mm-hmm. into them yeah. at trade shows. What about and, the average? Yeah. And I, I talk to them about this and yeah. I can spend like half an hour having a chat, reading a press release and get all this information and it's all there for me. Mm. But if I didn't work in the industry, it's it's exactly. not there. I think I think for me personally, for instance, if I for me to try and shop ethically and sustainably, I don't know who to trust because exactly. really, like H and M says they're sustainable, but are they? Yeah. And somebody yeah. else says they're yeah. are they? I mean, yeah. am I just paying more for no reason? Exactly. Really? A lot like, of brands like tend to target that whole sustainable or eco-conscious consumer, and they try to maybe rip them off. Yeah. They sort of play into that whole trend of oh, we're sustainable, we're eco-friendly. Bye, bye. 
from us. Yeah. And a lot of times customers do fall into the trap and they end up paying more. Yeah, and it's yeah. not necessarily actually any different exactly. from buying from like the cheapest place you can find. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. I also think even if the initiative is genuine, mm-hmm. there's still a little bit of, because it is confusing to understand, there is a bit of suspicion on the part of the consumer. Well, actually, exactly. if I do do this, are you going to do what you say you're going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, is this thing genuinely sustainable? And because of the lack of transparency, mm-hmm. they've got no way of checking. So yeah. even the initiatives that are wholly, you know, pure motives, all of that sort of stuff, it would make a real difference. They might not be trusted in the same way because, you know, we're not used to having that kind of information and we're not going to be able to I think get that's it. something we, could que- we should question companies like, why aren't you letting us know all of these things? Why aren't you completely transparent? Yeah, and if what you're doing is so great, why aren't you telling us all, exactly. all, all about it? But I think there would be, you know, it would put more trust in the industry. So when they do these things, people don't actually see it as just lip service yep. mm-hmm. or jumping on a bandwagon. Mm. And I think there is a tendency to, like, for, yeah, for consumers not to have full confidence. Yeah, yeah. But they, there usually is, like, a product range that's supposed to be sustainable rather than everything in that mm. in that brand that's sustainable and like since we're like shopping more online now i guess we are finding like if i'm on asos and i'm trying to find like i don't know a crop top i'm not going to Sorry, go to the we, sustainable we, we've not, range we've not been sponsored by asos but that's why <laughs> i just wanted to say okay <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if I wanted to find a crop top, I wouldn't go to the sustainable range and look for... I would look Mm. for something specific. Mm. Just a quick reminder, you're listening to the Fashion Vanguard's EO London podcast. Please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, give us a review and carry on the protest. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. I imagine there's a lot of um, places, depending on whether, you know, obviously H&M have put a massive, like, you know, they have put money into promoting their conscious collection. But if you're maybe not in central London or in one of the big cities, right. how much retail space does that collection get? Do people actually outside of any major city in smaller stores even get the opportunity to buy? Exactly. When I went back to India, yeah. the H&M there, there was nothing you could like how they promote the um, the conscious line or the sustainable line yeah. so much mm-hmm. over here. There was nothing back home. Like the the people working, the staff, like they weren't even aware of. Yeah, all and the of funny this. thing yeah. is, those are the countries it's affecting most. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, I mean the irony of what they've called it, and then not you know that so many people are unconscious of the conscious collection <laughs> is yeah. I mean it's just silly. I I suppose that's part of the problem. The fact that it's confined to arrange yeah. why mm. is what they're doing why isn't that they're just their standard model and then you've you've just taken a whole chunk out mm. of the system that the consumer doesn't even have to think about because mm. you already know that's been dealt with for you, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah adding on to what samia was saying for like even with like vintage clothes and stuff for instance mm. um when you go in there you kind of you don't have as many options which i think is one yeah. of the biggest challenges mm. that we face really because if I go into a vintage shop and I buy something and I li- I like it and I buy it and I think, okay, this is quite unique. Um, I, I can't wear it on just a regular pair of jeans or something. I want something like a nice skirt for it or something. Mm. 
um, especially for me, like I don't find my size easily. So mm. it's it's really hard for me to go into another vintage shop and really find something that goes with it. So eventually I get sick of looking and I, mm. I end up going and buying a skirt that matches at a high street brand, which really... Yeah, it's looking for stuff. The purpose is lost. It's so. true. Yeah. You know what? I, I, can, I can sort of... I can you know, understand that. that. Yeah, I can really relate to that. But what I tend to do, and it's it's something that I didn't realise I actually do, which is when I do buy my vintage clothing, I have to readjust, I have to alter it. So oh. I've got my little sewing machine at home. And mm-hmm. I guess, it, again, this is, this is how I think conscious, you know, people need to be when they're actually embarking on this sort of journey. Um, even though, obviously, I go to vintage shops for different reasons other than sustainability it's really to sort of find clothing that truly expresses you know my personal style but mm-hmm. in whilst I'm doing that I am actually doing something that's sustainable but you know I'm fully committed to it where if I do buy and it doesn't fit me I have to alter it mm-hmm. um I change it if I'm buying I don't know something and it's a man's you know pair of trousers for example I'd have to alter it so that it, mm-hmm. it fits me mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, that there are, there, there definitely are ways around, yeah. you know, the sort of, um, you know, the, the sort of challenges that you've just mentioned. But again, is it because we're so time exactly. sensitive? Are consumers like bothered enough to yeah. put in that extra effort, yeah. right? Like, would you rather just pop into a high street brand and buy something cheaper that's really like, mm-hmm. that fits you perfectly? Or would you rather go in and look for something, spend an hour like fixing it? And I think that's that? that's the thing. I suppose then it's the industry's responsibility to, if we're going to go down this route, that they make it as easy as possible. Absolutely. The, the, all of those the aspects of sustainability applied across the board. Right. So right. you don't have to spend like four hours researching your T-shirt before you go and buy it. <laughs> um, you can get all the sizes. I mean, the whole point of like fast fashion, not just in terms of like fast as in trend turnover, mm. but the, the sort of the price point right. and everything like that. Um, it's made fashion democratic. Yeah. Every, everyone yeah. can can have a go, yeah. regardless mm. of budget and and things like that. And that you know that's a really good thing. But then you need to make also sustainability like democratic from that point mm. of view. Because although like the slow fashion movement and investment dressing is all great, if you don't have X amount of money to lay out right. in the first place, yeah, yeah. your only option is pry bar, right. and then it's going to exactly. disintegrate, and then you're going to need to get something else. Right. Um, so it's also, it's not always a question of actually being able to think about it. It's actually being able to practically do it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. So then then it will lie with the company to make that change for you because you can't do it yourself. I read this article the other day about millennials and how a lot of millennials say they do care about sustainability and brands that are sustainable, but they don't necessarily take actions towards mm. it like they want the company to do it for them yeah they and want the easy way exactly mm-hmm. considering all of the problems that we've discussed they want the companies to do it on their behalf behalf mm. well this is this leads us on to the next question do consumers mm-hmm. actually have the real power to change mm. on mass i think there's potential mm. yeah i, I mean if it's if it's yeah. one or two if everyone turned around and said i am not buying from your brand period because you know if it was in the thousands mm-hmm. millions whatever mm-hmm. obviously that's gonna like make a massive difference do you to know how they... do you know what absolutely and I completely agree I challenge everyone to go to whichever retailer they get their items from and to ask demand where 
you know, demand transparency, demand to know exactly where the product comes from, the resources, the, 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 the raw materials, how it was made, which manufacturer it was made in, which country it was made in. We don't do that. And so we're allowing for the retailers to hide a lot of the criminality that's, that's involved with a very innocent purchase of a T-shirt or a pair of jeans. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to be, the, the definitely, you know, of course, it's a multifaceted issue. So it's not going to be resolved through just one stakeholder in all of this. But it definitely starts with us because they're essentially, as, a, as an economic model or as a, as a capitalist model, they're trying to meet demand. You know, that's just basic economics. It's supply and demand. If we are demanding something, mm -hmm. if we Very are demanding true. change, they need to supply it. Otherwise, they're out of business. So, Do yeah. Do you think that there's like some some service that needs to be in order of having the ability to change and edit your clothes and that and that is a different way of making money rather than just selling clothes absolutely so, yeah, yeah 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 I think I think all options all alternative options to I almost think that the attitude towards buying something new should be completely reversed where we see it as I opened up earlier as a sort of purification process where we feel better about wearing something new yeah. we it's should actually it, yeah feel horrible about yeah it, it, absolutely it mm -hmm. should almost be like Make oh my gosh guilty. shock horror exactly. why am I buying something new why exactly why? like when you're the last to resort to, when you consume too many carbs you're like yeah. oh my god oh I my eat gosh. so much yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The same. like oh yeah. my god I consume yeah. so much yeah it's almost like but then you know how does the industry sustain itself which obviously we'll talk a little bit more into detail later on in the series but you know I do think that the actual change needs to happen with the consumer the consumer definitely has the ability to create change mm -hmm. um, that will echo throughout the industry um, and then slowly we'll start to see you know some sort of cohesive solution mm. um, to this issue definitely I was also like on the simplest level, I, I saw this video, I think it was by H&M, mm. and it was just um, just a bunch of people wearing clothes that you don't necessarily see worn in sort of those combinations, mm. just things styled differently. It was about reusing clothes and using them as much as possible and not saying like, oh, okay, you know, this I don't have a top that goes perfectly with this, I'm going to go buy something more, to be more creative and just be spontaneous and just wear something if if you like two pieces you can just wear it together without necessarily feeling like oh yeah everyone's gonna approve of this because right. you know a lot of times we're like that so yeah, yeah, um yeah. we're always like oh do, do you think this outfit looks okay or does this look funny whereas mm -hmm. i mean that, that it's just on the simplest level i'd say yeah. just styling things the yeah. way you want without necessarily buying more it's changing consumer psychology really yep. yeah yeah uh -huh. but then Absolutely. i think also the industry has to change its psychology as, yeah as well and how it how it markets how it markets and how it sells, um, yeah. how the, the the business model is of you know mass consumption yeah yeah and mm -hmm. short-term profit yeah Absolutely. Because if if sustain the lack of sustainability is going to affect the industry's future, then a short term ethos mm. is not going to work. No. So they need to start getting over that yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, even though consumers 
uh, you know, sort of do have the power to you bring, know, about make, the bring about the change, exactly, there still needs to be support from the rest of the industry. I mean, we can't do it on our own. There needs to be um, a sort of real ripple effect across the whole broader spectrum of the industry in order to bring about, I guess, this 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 sort of um, element of, of sustainable change and a future where, you know, we're reversing whatever damage we're, we're currently um, causing 